It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, alongside Joe Medora on this 26th day of March. 6.06 on the clock and 64 degrees and sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. It's a Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting, and it is the end of the week. We had the Columbus Blue Jackets losing in overtime last night, which cut our program short uh, by 30 minutes yesterday, but we got the full program going for you today. Joey, how are you? I'm doing Pretty good on this Friday, Connor. How are you doing? Uh, doing all right. You know, it's a uh, you know a Friday, and you know we got a couple Correct. events coming up next week. Uh, of course, the season opener for the Cincinnati Reds, which will be on Thursday, and it came course, up quick, didn't it? It did. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I miss baseball, and I'm glad it was not delayed. And you know, we still do have a couple of funky rules. I'd rather the DH over the you know the putting a runner on second base in extra innings, but you know I'm sure I'll complain about that. A lot more as the uh, as the time goes along, and it seems like a lot of a lot of teams are allowing fans into the stadium to uh, open up their seasons next week. So we'll see uh, how that goes. Of course, obviously everybody's going to have their own regulations and things like that. But it should be interesting to see uh, how all that operates. Yep, very interesting. And of course, Texas, I believe the Rangers have you know max capacity. And well, they're not wearing masks or anything right? like that. So I would, think that's recommended. Expect. I think that's either recommended or an option. To, uh, you can wear a mask if you want to. Yeah, I, in, I don't in think, the stadium. I don't think they're going to tell you to take a mask off. It's just pretty incredible how you would assume that all the players on the field and everybody like that, all the staff, and they're all going to be required to wear it because of the MLB rules. Yet they're going to have all these people watching them who can just walk in and you know do whatever. Right. It'll be. It, it's different. It, it's different, especially in the new new day and age. Um, of course, a little bit earlier, uh, Athens. High school put out their rules and regulations for the spring sports uh, with allowing a little bit more fans than they did during the winter sports. And joining us on the Sports Fan Now, Athens Statistician and our friend Trevor Stevens. Trevor, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Trevor, you were up just before we get to Athens. You were up in Indianapolis. What was it like to see the Bobcats in person uh, making their March Madness run? So I was lucky enough to get into both games. So the first game versus Virginia, it felt empty, but looking back on it, it looked like that with no crowd at the, at, not Athens, Ohio was like the way we played, we should have won that game. And then the second game, I loved the crowd, but Creighton did what they needed to do, what they were, what the scouting report said was to basically defend the three can't give up three, and they just hit a bunch of threes. Yeah, they were a little bit more dead-eye than uh, than Virginia was the first first game for sure, uh, but definitely a special season and can't wait to see what the Bobcats men's team does next year, uh, anticipating you know everybody having the option to come back, and it's already been confirmed that Dwight Wilson will be coming back, uh, so that should be a fun team to follow next year and, and definitely something. And he was the only senior, so basically he was the only senior. Yep. That was, because everyone else was a junior or a sophomore. And, it, and we talked about it a little bit during this week, but, you know, the big question was, is, is Preston coming back or not? And that will be answered uh, hopefully during the summer. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, with, if, 
with him, with him, I think that he would go like into his name into the in a NBA like twenty thing, get mm-hmm. some testing done, and then de- and pull out because the last two Ohio players who would on the edge did that. They entered their name, got some video and stuff in, and then decided to pull their name out and return to school. Yeah, and we'll see what he does. You know, wish him nothing but the best if he does stay or if he does go. Um, but I'll tell you, what we're really excited to see, Trevor, is this Athens baseball team. I know last year they had high hopes. Uh, they had a pretty good team, and, of course, the coronavirus knocked them out. Uh, and, you know, they were all the way down in Florida training for this season when that happened. Um, but this year, it's a new year. The season is going to happen. And uh, what, what insights do you have for us coming up for this Athens Baseball 2021 team? So, for like you said, last year's season was postponed. They were in Florida on their spring break when they found out. Uh, that team last year was supposed to be was senior failed, like 11 seniors, was state-ranked, but did not get a chance to finish their senior season, Athens, now for this year. Athens is the first Athens is the defending Southeast District champs because they won in 2019 mm-hmm. on Peyton Gale's game-winning double that won a district championship and then they fell to a surprise. I can't remember who they fell to in the regional semis, but that regional that team that was a surprise team in that regional tournament went on to the final four. So Peyton Gale's the Athens most experienced player. He had three years of starting. This is his senior year. He started as a freshman as well. Athens has two other players who have played in two thousand nineteen, which are Will Drinder and I think Will Matters who got like some playing time, and then there's a couple others who were like just on the varsity roster when they needed them, so they didn't get much playing time. But Athens is gonna be young. It depends. It depends. So like in the scrimmage, they blew out Belfry. Belfry's not good. They played a close game to a Philo team, which seems like a TVC team, and then they got blown out by Trisha Catholic, who they will see in the regular season later on so right right and so yeah i guess the big question going into this season for athens uh baseball is who is their number one guy to go to on the mound i mean who's the ace of this staff because over the past couple years i mean cornwell has done pretty well i mean you still have peyton gale uh will matters is listed as a pitcher as well as gender but who's really that guy who's going to take the mounds and be counted on you know, more often than not. Athens, one of the things I've seen in this game is Athens has a ton of players who can pitch. So I think Will Jr. might be one of the names, might be Athens one, one, two, one or two pitchers. But. Right, and you know, one of the big losses from last year to this year is definitely Nate Trainer. I mean, he pitched a little bit. I mean, he was good in the fields, uh, swung a good bat. Uh, but who's really going to, uh, or what? What does really the infield look like for Athens going from you know third base circle all around to, to first? Basically, like defense is going to be the team's 
strength, according to what Coach Newsom sent to the PBR baseball report. So they have each team in the state has a small preview written if the coaches fill out their form. So basically, defense is a strength, but pitching is also going to be high probability of like better than some teams. It's own. The offense is what's going to be the issue. If Aston will have to be able to hit the ball and score runs if they want to win games this year because the defense can hold the opponent down. Mm-hmm. And what about, uh, so, you know, defense definitely a big part. Uh, what, what's the outfield alignment looking like? I mean, is there, uh, you know, who, who's the guy who's going to be man at center field? I, it's going to be between Peyton Gale and Jake Goldsberry because Goldsberry's played center. But when when they pulled the lineup around, like, because for these scrimmages, they start to, like, experience guys. And then, like, in the fifth or sixth innings, they will pull the infield and put it on experience since everyone gets playing time during these scrimmages. So Goldsberry's played Jake Goldsberry's played center field as well. Sure. What are going to be the rules uh, when it comes to fans? Because obviously there's, you know, football and in the fall sports, all limited capacity and the same with basketball. Is it going to be the same way here? Is there some kind of limit or because it's outside and because uh, the virus, uh, we're in a little bit of a better place with people getting vaccines and not that many cases in the uh, Athens County area? Uh, and since obviously you could spread out watching a baseball game, is there going to still be a capacity or is that going to get upped a little bit? Uh, what's the situation with that? What I've been told is it's going to be like 30% is the state limit we're going to do that, but I'm not sure like how we're going to measure that mm-hmm. because with all these scrimmages, it seems like people have came, brought their lawn chairs, spread out, sat like six feet apart like they're supposed to, but, but yeah, these it's... were just preseason scrimmages. Right. And it's been mostly, and it felt like Yes, like a normal year, but everyone is supposed to wear a mask and, and maintain social distancing when they come out. But yeah, I know Athens soft. The difference between baseball and softball, so Athens baseball field is much larger than the Athens softball field because I know Athens softballs they're doing limiting it to two pound, two people per player. But their facility is much smaller, and then the track is going to be thirty percent. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, unlike the the other sports like football and soccer, they have stadiums that they play in. I mean, not a lot of teams around here have a you know a, a, a stadium per se or or you know a, an arena. So, like, when you say thirty percent capacity, it's you know where does that capacity stretch out to? I guess that's what school's got to decide to because obviously i mean you could spread out especially at Athens field there's plenty of places to spread out and watch the game without being uh, around other people especially with the the way that our parking is set up people can just park in their cars and listen and watch the game from the outfield to come down and use the outfield the, the big soft grass field mm-hmm. behind people can also use that for social distancing and plus, I mean, even the parking lot, if, if people were just sitting in their cars, I mean, obviously, if you're sitting in your cars, it's pretty good social distancing. you got windows and, and car doors kind of blocking everybody off. But 
Uh, but then they can turn into you. They can turn in and listen to you. Exactly. Right. You guys that's call right. the game. That's right. Get those ratings up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I've even heard, you know, some people, uh, you know, will we'll be at the stadium and, and listen in to, uh, I know when Troy was doing the games, I mean, Troy's a pretty entertaining guy, and he's uh, always must listen to radio, right? Uh, so even if you're at the stadium, you can even, uh, you know, listen in to us if you have a radio in hand or uh, online at WATH or uh, 970WATH.com or WXTQ.com slash WATH. Either way, send it to the same spot and get you to the uh, internet live stream. But it you know, should be fun times and, and should be a uh, you know fun baseball season. I know you posted on your, the uh, Twitter account uh, our potential baseball schedule. Right now we have uh, the 11 home games plus a 12th game. That would be at Amanda Clear Creek at the VA Stadium. Um Potential to add a couple other road games, depending on you know how the Athens baseball team is doing and and how our schedule lines make up with the Cincinnati Reds. Because you're going to kind of make that 13 games because you're guaranteed one postseason game. True, and we will have the postseason game when that's available. Um, you know, just got to figure out when that postseason game will be. So yeah, 13 games. But hmm. yeah, you know, it's a uh, and we'll do you know anywhere between like a five and, and ten minute pregame show. Uh, you know, so we'll probably hit the airs airwaves around. 450, 455, uh, just depending on, you know, National Anthem, started lineups, and, and the such. Um, but, you know, looking forward to the baseball season. And, again, it's going to be a special and kind of weird year because now, you know, it's been a full year of the pandemic. Um, you know, things have obviously changed. Uh, but it's good to, to get back to, you know, having these kids play a baseball season because even though they had the summer ball, uh, even that got cut, uh, cut short a little bit. Uh, yeah, a couple tournaments that, that Athens had to back out during the uh, summertime. And um, to have a full season like this and to really get back out there and going has to be pretty special for, you know, the athletes as well. Yes, it is. Anytime you get to play a sport that you – the biggest thing with high school sports is you only get four years. It's not like these college and pros where you get – you can play as long or like the NCAA is giving colleges an extra year when you're – we found out last year, four years, and when your four years are up and you have to graduate, you can't come back and play. So just take it for granted that even with spring, other spring sports, not even baseball, but. Right, I like Athens softball team, and, and softball's been doing pretty well, too. I've been catching up on a couple of the, uh, you know, scrimmages that they had, and, um, you know, they, they, they seem to be uh, poised for a pretty good season as well. Yep, the softball team is going to be better than a couple of the previous years, is what my understanding is, and they've been winning each of their scrimmages. They got any insight on, on uh, you know, who are a couple of the, the players to keep an eye on for Athens softball? Mm, I know one pitcher is very good, but I don't know much about them. Yeah, we'll have to get Athens softball. We'll maybe even set up an interview and try to get you know all the the spring athletes uh, and and the sports a uh, little bit more notoriety as the seasons go along. Um, but again, you know Athens baseball set to kick off on our airwaves and kick off their season uh, for the regular season portion of their season on uh, March thirty first, and that'll be a home game against Gallia Academy. Any uh. You know, what, what does Galley Academy look like this year? Are the Bulldogs set up uh, pretty well, or 
uh, you know, what, what's kind of the, the game plan headed into the first game of the season? So, according to PBR again, so Gallia's profile says, the coach says that pitching and senior leadership and competitiveness are their strengths. And that's top. And some of these guys you might know from basketball, but Lane Loveday is listed as one of their top players. And the coach says that they're going to have a competitive young group that is excited to compete. But they have a ton of open room for guys to battle for open spots. I mean, I don't really know how much being a mature team helps you all that much this year. I mean, you, you, all your seniors this year were juniors last year. They didn't get to play. And if you had a senior-heavy team last year, I mean, obviously they didn't even get to utilize them. So I don't even know. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how different teams manage uh, this upcoming season without just without playing. Because, yeah, they did get to play some summer ball, some guys, and obviously some levels are more competitive than others. But it, they didn't really get to finish out the season. And, you know, it's I don't really know what to expect uh, if it really benefits. It's almost like everyone's kind of on a level playing field this year due to the fact that, that no one got to play a season last year. The one bone note I'm going to make is it, they say they have seven returning players from 2019 with varsity experience. Five of them are pitchers, and they went 15 and 10 in 2019 on that team. But I'm not. And the biggest thing reading through these previews is a ton of teams just like Athens say that they don't have varsity experience. So expect this to be especially come postseason time teams be up and down just building experience throughout the years and the tournament is going to be wild because team of team anyone can be anyone because of the not having as much experience as he has passed right and you know you got to get that experience this year and, and keep on building up and building on and uh, Athens again in the pursuits to defend their district title which they won back in 2019 Trevor, before I let you go, anything else uh, happening on the Athens scene or uh, any tidbits on the uh, Hawking college scene? Uh, like, yeah, so Hawking basketball just finished up. They're, down, they're adding cross country in this fall. The football team is doing a six-game limited spring season. I'm not sure about if fans can attend, but only one of those games is going to be home, which will be at Nelson, New York. Uh, that is the biggest news that they're adding cross country and expanding. The right, and we did have uh, Ken Hoffman, the athletic director at Hawking College, on the party line, I believe, yesterday with Dave Palmer and uh, and Scott Daly, and I think we'll try to have you know set up something with Hawking College in the near future and kind of. Highlight a little bit of their sports as they've been competing up in a higher division. Uh, they were in Division Three for basketball, but because of the pandemic, they moved up to D2, and they uh, were in the, the national rankings a little bit, too. Um, so a lot of, a lot of yeah. good basketball Back, going around in the area. Yeah. So, yep, the boys' team was ranked for the first time. That Somehow, though, because of our the conference, there's like second in a conference, with, but half the conference, mostly Columbus schools and Cincinnati schools, which normally dominate the conference in basketball, all opted out of athletics 
for due to COVID for the winter winter season, and some of them who have baseball and softball brought them back in a plane right now. Hawking is expected to add baseball and softball in the future, but they are, yeah, so they are like second in conference with four teams. Each team played each other three times to get a conference standings. And they're waiting for an at-large to see if they get an at-large election into the district tournament. Sounds good. Well, Trevor, we appreciate your time as always and hope to see you at the uh, season opener for the Athens Bulldogs coming up next week on the 31st. Yep. Again, that's Trevor Stevens, Athens statistician, our friend of the program right here on the Sports Fan. We'll step aside for a quick break. And on the other side, I know Lucas Moore will join us a little bit later, talk a little bit about the NFL and uh, maybe some other things. It's been a while since we've had Lucas Moore on the program. But right now, this is the Sports Fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Siemens Grocery is your family-owned grocery store where customer service is still a priority. At Siemens, you'll find high-quality, healthy, fresh foods, including fresh, natural Amish chicken. Siemens opened their doors in 1951 and for three generations has offered the highest quality produce and finest cuts of meats. How long has it been since you've been to Siemens? Siemens Grocery and Marathon, 305 West Union Street, Athens, 730 to 9, Monday through Saturday, Sundays from 10 to 7. These days we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a 1,000 trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the Sports Fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills and Mike along with Joe Medor up until 7 o'clock today on the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. And joining us on the phone lines right now, it's been a while since we have it on the Sports Fan, but of course he was a longtime standing guy and yeah, still has his voice in that JK Contracting commercial. But Lucas Moore joins us now. Lucas, been a while. How you been? I have been excellent. I've been missing you guys. I've been missing Athens. You know, normally alumni and people that have the opportunity to work there get a chance to come back at least yearly. But, you know, the obvious circumstances have kept me away, and that makes me feel really uh, nostalgic and missing. So thank you for having me uh, having me on. I can be in Athens, at least my voice, for, for a <laughs> second, and that makes me feel like I'm home, you know. Absolutely, and... 
Uh, how are things up in Chicago? I mean, you've been doing a couple things with podcasting and uh, you know, doing some sports things, but what's new with you? Yeah, I'm still doing the 3 a.m. County. Um, that's for all you Joe Burrow stands, which is essentially should be all of Southeast Ohio. Um, he is the main topic on that podcast, so that's the one you should probably check out. Um, I got a few other podcast projects kicking around as well, um, true sports, other things. And I'm coaching, which I did a little bit in Athens, and that's the main thing I'm doing right now. So just living life, having fun. Um, I got engaged. That happened. Yeah. Um, which my my fiance would be remiss if I didn't mention that. That's probably the biggest update. Um, and that's she's the big reason that I moved to Chicago. So I'm really happy that that part of that uh, worked out as well as it did. So life's good. You know, t- talking about football all the time, nervous about the Bengals. So it's pretty much normal. It's pretty much how it's always been. <laughs> good grief, Lucas. You went out there and grew up on us pretty quickly. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I got a little bit more of a of a belly too. I'm got like wider shoulders. My brain works different. I don't know, Joey. I'll still absolutely dominate you in basketball, though. That's fine. Cool. You can have basketball, That's football, it. baseball, inter sport. You want it in? We're good. And, and listen, don't put too much fault on yourself. I think during this pandemic, unless when if you're a workout nut, uh, I think everybody has been putting on a little bit of the pounds. Uh, so you're not alone out oh, there. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Uh, well, do you know the average American gained like 29 pounds in the last year? <laughs> so uh, according to that statistic, I did awesome <laughs> for this past year. I saved, you know, like I essentially lost 14 pounds compared to everybody else, which is great. Yeah. Yep. There you go. And, uh, you know, obviously you being alumni of Ohio university, you and I now, I mean, you, you graduated a year ahead of me and, uh, you know, I graduated back in December. Um, but you know, a couple of proud alumni here and in current student, uh, proud yeah, of Bobcats. Just a young over here. Just, uh, bide my time, <laughs> but, a, a just a tremendous run that really looks like a tremendous hire. Uh, one of the last hires for uh, Jim Shouse as the athletic director. But, of course, Julie Cromer has done a tremendous job during her short time here and a tremendous hire for Jeff Bowles, getting all the way to the uh, round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. And, again, just his second year at the helm of the Bobcats. Yeah, and here's what I have to say about this. Jeff Bowles was a great hire, but they passed on him twice before they decided to hire him this time. Jeff Bowles was the obvious hire. Jeff Bowles was... So, obviously, the guy that they were going to go with. And, you know, I love student media in Athens. I think we do an excellent job. But all the students knew that that hire was going to happen. Like, they had broke the story. So, that was the obvious hire. It was the duh hire. I'm glad Ohio finally made that decision, finally brought in this high-energy, driven, smart, knows how to recruit your state. I think that's the most important thing. And that's the thing that a lot of Bobcat fans kind of overlooked with Saul Phillips or the Bobcat administration, maybe not the fans, is that Saul kind of recruited to be a, this, like, you know, Midwestern, out west conference, and, and it just didn't work in the, in the Mid-American conference. The talent wasn't there. It wasn't the right guys. It didn't mesh. Plus, Saul didn't have injury luck. But as we see with Saul's next stop, the guy can coach. He could always coach. He just couldn't recruit at the level necessary to have success in this conference, and that's exactly what Jeff Bowles has done. He has recruited unbelievably around those really good Saul recruits, you know, Ben Vanderplas 
and Jason Preston, which you have to give us all credit for that. But the rest of those guys, the core of that team, the ones that could handle the runs and, and make the big plays and make them a team that could win a game in the tournament, those are the ones we have to give credit to Jeff Bowles for. I'm, I'm glad we finally made the hire. It was a great tournament run. I lost my voice because of it. I would have come on the show two days ago, but I couldn't speak. And it, everybody, I mean, I bet you would have went down there, you know, pandemic aside. If, if we didn't, if it wasn't the pandemic, I bet you would have been one of the guys down on Court Street. And every single time something happened with Ohio men's basketball, a made shot, a steal, a block, whatever, Court Street just exploded with excitement. Uh, and then, you know, as the Creighton game went along, you know, things died down, understandably. Uh, but it was just a special time here in Athens. And I'm sure, you know, with Jeff Bull still uh, as a head coach and a lot of guys coming back next year, you know, it's setting up for a potential to be something like that again next season, which I think is even more special. Yeah, I, I, the excitement for, I mean, if Jason Preston decides to come back, and I think he should, I think he needs another year. The kid just hasn't had a lot of high leverage minutes. And, and you just need a lo- you need more of those. You need to gain a little more experience. It'll give him an opportunity to add 10, 15 pounds of strength. And then I think he can shoot into the early second, late first round. He could even sail higher than that if he has a good enough senior year. So I think he would, it would be good for him one more year in Athens. And I think that Jeff Bowles is going to make that pitch to him that he can leverage because the difference between the first and second round of the NBA guys, we have to remember that's really important. Second round picks don't get more than a year guaranteed normally. That's a big dollar difference if you're able to sneak into the first round. And the only way Jason Preston is another 15 pounds and another year of experience. But I think that if he comes back, there's no reason this team shouldn't be a 25, 26, 27 win team and a team that could win two games, three games in the tournament if things break right. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, even if we do end up having Preston move on, I mean, what they have behind him in Sears, uh, the promise that he showed as a freshman this year, he stepped up in some really big games. I mean, without him in that Akron game, showing up on that break without uh, coming after that break without Preston, without Dwight Wilson, and him to lead them to that victory. I mean, they were already kind of trending in the right direction before that three-week COVID pause, but that game right there kind of stamped on the map that this team can make a run in this thing, and he was a big part of that, and he's a tough kid. And he's going to have another year, you know, lifting over the summer. He's already a pretty big, strong kid, Mark Sears. But having him waiting in the wings, I mean, just if, if in Athens, Ohio, transitioning from Jason Preston to Mark Sears, I mean, that's, that's something that not too many mid-major conferences can hang their hat on. Well, yeah, and my two thoughts on that are, uh, thought number one is, well, think about the freshman that Jeff is going to be able to bring in this year. Now. Right. So who, like you're talking about Sears, who are we talking about next year at this time as the freshman that made the big impact down the stretch? And the different, the thing about Jason Preston, though, and why I think it's important to come back, it's not that the Bobcats can't be great without Jason Preston. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the ceiling for this team, if Jason Preston continues to improve, if you, like, graft his basketball improvement. The trajectory is on, it looks like Bitcoin at times, look, a few months ago, on the upward trend. It is skyrocketing. Game if he stop. keeps improving at this, yeah, if it game stop. There you go, Connor, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if he keeps improving at this rate, guys, and he comes back next year, he's another 15 pounds, he's able to body down low, because the kid can work the post, he just needs that durability, that strength, and he needs those minutes 
I think that he could be a really, really special player. I think he could be a player of the year candidate. I think that he could take this team to a 30-win threshold if he continues to improve at that rate because Jason Preston is the type of basketball player that we see win championships in the NBA. Now, he's not as talented as a Luka Doncic, a LeBron James. Um, I'm not saying LaMelo Ball can win championships, but that style of player, playmakers, Chris Paul, right? That type of player, that's what he's like at the college level, and he provides that much in terms of winning, his ability to move the ball, that his return for me is critical for this team making it back to the tournament. Yeah, especially if they want to go deep and, and well, further and, and reach the Sweet 16. Obviously, you're going to, this, the last, this team this year is not going to be the same team as next year. No matter how you shake it, uh, same players, but, you know, maybe an injury comes around. Maybe COVID is still a factor and, you know, we're, we're still dealing with this thing. I hope not, but, but at the end of this year and, and into next year. Um, but the run that they had this year was special. And, you know, with the way that this team is built, like you guys have been saying, uh, you know, it, it is poised for a, a special run uh, within the next couple of years. Uh, with Preston, greater probability. Without Preston, I still think that, you know, with Sears filling in, being the main guy, uh, that, that the Bobcats will be in some, uh, in some good hand, hands in the future. Um, you know, the other, I guess, big news coming around the area right now, and I don't know how the NFL is still you know, dominating headlines and still, uh, you know, the, the trade deadline for the NBA was, was what, yesterday or something? And, and now the NFL is charging with a couple of headlines, especially with the 49ers uh, trading to acquire the number thir- uh, three pick from the Dolphins earlier today. You know, Lucas, you've been doing a little bit of the, you know, obviously podcast with the 3M Coney covering the Bengals. And uh, with, with this trade, you know, Cincinnati didn't need a quarterback. 49ers, I think, are showing their hand and will draft, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in this draft, uh, probably with the number three pick. And at five, could leave a, a lot of skill position players or really whoever they're trying to get as number one for Cincinnati. They could really get that number one at five uh, with, you know, the first four picks projected to be quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think what today, because a confluence of events happened today that provided real clarity for the NFL draft in terms of how we view it from the Cincinnati perspective. So the number one thing that was happening was the Zach Wilson Pro Day. At that Pro Day was the New York Jets head coach, Robert Sala, their general manager, and the owner. All three of them in attendance. You were only allowed three people per team. So while that's happening... The 49ers, who Robert Sala just came from and has a personal relationship with most of the people there, and the Jets and 49ers are one of the two most tied-in organizations in the NFL to each other, the 49ers move up to three, and the 49ers never called the Jets. I watched Zach Wilson's pro day, and I'm telling you, the New York Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. This kid is awesome. Incredible. I am in love with him. And we can talk about him in a second if you guys want to go there. Um, but I really like what I saw today and what I've seen over this entire process from Zach Wilson. Um, so I think the Jets are going to go two. Now that the Niners have moved up to three, they've declared their intentions. We know that they are taking a quarterback at three. Whether that's Trey Lance or Justin Fields, it doesn't matter. Now we have clarity because you do the math, there's the fourth pick, and then after that is the Cincinnati Bengals. So that means your two top targets in Cincinnati, Penny Sewell 
or as we say on the 3 a.m. Coney, Penne Zor. Kind of like from Ghostbusters. And I just think he's an intimidating guy. It's, it's a fun thing. But we have got Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. The organization has made it clear they want Penny Sewell. Joe Burrow has made it clear, and has made it clear for months, frankly, and it's finally being found out by the national media. But Joe Burrow's made it clear he wants Jamar Chase. One of those two guys will be available. And that's a positive, no matter how you spin it, for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's possible they're both available. And that's where I think the most interesting situation for Cincinnati develops in the draft. If both Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase are available at five, because it could trend that way if Atlanta jumps and takes a quarterback or takes somebody like Kyle Pitts. Well, you're just raving about one, Zach. I want to talk about one and transition over to one. I know you're not very high on uh, looking at your Twitter during football season last year. Uh, I know you've been pretty critical of Zach Taylor. And uh, I think rightfully so at times. Uh, so what's your leash on him going into this year uh, with his third year at the helm? Oh, if this year, because of what I know about Joe Burrow and the type of guy he is, and I could give a rip about the knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was getting a little bit of physical therapy done, and I talked her, I talked her ear off about ACL injuries. And after that conversation, he's, he's going to be fine. I'm not really worried about it. Um, with Zach, it's got to be – this team needs to be a 9-10 win team. And if they have a dreadful defense, I would accept maybe eight. Like, you know, 31st defense, you had to fire the defensive coordinator halfway through the season. you got to at least get to eight wins. I won't be happy. I'll still think he's a bad coach if we get to eight wins. Um, Ten wins would shut me up. Remember, it's 17 games, though. Mm-hmm. So ten wins is a little lower bar than you think. Ten wins would shut me up. Um, but honestly, if Zach Taylor were a great head coach and as good as players, I know Joe Burrow is, if they get this draft right, this should be a 11-12 win team because Joe Burrow's that good. I think Joe Burrow should be. And frankly, this is not financial advice, and I want to say that very clearly, but I'm in a, I'm a legal gambling state here in Illinois. All right, so I'm, what I'm saying is completely legal. Uh, a legal gambling state. <clears throat> I'm going to go put... $50. That's right, fellas. Big boy money. Wow. <laughs> $50 on whatever the Joe Burrow MVP odds are. And I'm going to try to pay for that wedding I, I'm having <laughs> next year. Ah, uh, God. Listen, for your sake, I hope it comes through and it hits. And I mean, yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> I believe in Joe that much. Do I believe in the Cincinnati Bengals that much? Because I feel Joey, the Ravens fan, rolling his eyes in the background. But, like, Lamar Jackson won his MVP in the second year. Sure did. And that's because he had the talent to do it. And the Ravens had the infrastructure to allow him to become that. I believe Joe Burrow has the same talent to do it. To do it in a way different way than Lamar did, but to do it certainly, I think. And but it's about the Cincinnati Bengals. Do they have the structure um, to allow him to become that MVP player. I want to ask, where do you rank, let's say, both players are available at, at the number five pick, right? I have my preference, but I want to know what your preference is first. Who are you going to go with? Are you going to go with the offensive lineman, or are you going to go with the skill position player in Jamar Chase? Who, what, which player do you rank higher or, or more importance for the Bengals to draft with their number five pick? You know, this is one of the most 
This is a, just a dreadful question. This is one that's kept me awake at night over the past couple weeks. And, frankly, I've changed my mind from this morning to this afternoon, and I'll change my mind after we hang up the phone, rest assured. Um, if I took out all the information, if you put me in a bubble and I didn't know anything, I didn't know who wanted what, relationships, and just looked at needs and players, I think Penny Sewell probably should be the pick because he can be that generational tackle like Andrew Whitworth and Anthony Munoz, and every time this organization – has had next-level success. It's been with a Hall of Fame left tackle. And is Jonah Williams that? I don't know. But if you think Penny Sewell's that, and from his tape he looks to be, then that's probably the smart guy. But then I hear everybody's opinion. And here's the thing. I trust Joe Burrow way more than I have ever trusted the Cincinnati Bengals. And Joe Burrow wants Jamar Chase. And Joe Burrow has been pretty right about every wide receiver he stood on the table for in his life. Let's think about this, Athens fans. This is the home of the Bulldogs. Ryan Lerman, Adam Lerman. Joe Burrow stood on the table for those guys. They were D1 players. They had success at another position in the Mid-American Conference for good football teams. They were critical players on good football teams. And Joe Burrow stood on the table for them. Think about all the other quality receivers who didn't get college looks that became incredible players under Joe Burrow. Now look at college. Justin Jefferson. Let's look what he did in the NFL. That was under Joe Burrow's tutelage. And Joe Burrow had a feel for what Justin could be, and he stood on the table for him too. So Joe Burrow has been right about football players more at a higher percentage than the Bengals have, fellas. So when Joe Burrow is out there saying, I think Jamar Chase is the best player. I think Jamar Chase and T. Higgins can give me my Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. If that's his thinking, I trust Joe Burrow, and I think we need to draft Jamar Chase. See, with my opinion on the matter, taking out your opinions and everything, I say you draft the offensive lineman and you protect your franchise quarterback above all else. I know that you would want to go out there and get another skill position player, and you know Chase might be that guy, and he could be that guy for any team in the league. But you know, it's important to protect Joe, and you know it, it's just important to get a good offensive line. And I think well, that he can help tutelage or help any other wide receiver to become maybe a star wide receiver because he spreads the ball around, you know, better than most quarterbacks. So he's not really, he'll have his number one favorite, and T. Higgins will probably emerge as the number one wide receiver off the Bengals. But, you know, I think that you can get a, a, another player, another wide receiver that you can grow a relationship with outside of Jamar Chase. I would rather have the offensive lineman that could be there for the next 10, 20 years and protect Joe for the next 10, 20 years, however long, you know, his NFL career is. Well, let's go into Joe Burrow's mindset. Um, this is what Joe Burrow's thinking. The number one thing I struggled with last year was the deep ball. And in fact, if I had completed my deep ball at the same percentage I completed at LSU, my yards per attempt would have rose 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, and that would have lifted the Bengals' offense into the top 15, and they probably would have been a 7-4 and four team. And when he got hurt, that's what he's thinking. If I can just get the deep ball, if I can just get the deep ball, and the, the Bengals led the league last year, fellas, when Joe Burrow went down 
They led the league in contested catches. And when we watched the games, that wasn't from bad quarterback play and these great wide receivers going and stealing the football. It was a bunch of guys who couldn't get open, and Joe was putting it right on the money every single time for these guys to haul it. That's what was happening last year. That's what Joe saw last year, that he had to drag this team with pinpoint passes to barely get first downs on third and eight. That's what happened last year. And in his mind, he knows that however good Penny Sewell is, next year he ain't going to help you much because he's going to play inside. He's not going to be better than Jonah. He's not going to be better than Riley Reef. But Jamar Chase is a plug-in-play. Like you just say he's a skill receiver. He is a plug-in-play, 1,200-yard guy. This is an incredible talent. And this is a guy who will immediately have a connection better with Joe Burrow than all the guys that are currently on the Bengals roster. So I think that he would be a plug-and-play, number one wide receiver, all-pro candidate with Joe Burrow in his rookie season. And that's what Joe thinks. And he doesn't want to lead the league in contested catches. He wants to throw to wide-open Jamar Chase down the sideline. Um, that's, that's his plan. That's his vision for next year. We'll see who wins that battle, though, if they're both available. But I think the decision will be made for them by the Atlanta Falcons. And Logan, before we let you go here in a couple minutes, we got to get to one more break before the end of the show. But I want to take a walk down memory lane with you real quick and talk to you about A.J. Green leaving the team. And I know, I mean, I watched him in person tear up uh, the Baltimore Ravens several times. Uh, just kind of what was your reaction to uh, seeing, you know, kind of the, uh, the guy who was a part of some very successful Bengals teams uh, finally move on? I think it's something we all saw it coming, but I, I kind of want to get your perspective on that. Yeah, it's sad, man. You know, it's just the whole the whole decade of the 2010s of the Cincinnati Bengals is spoiled by that 2015 season and the way it ended um, on that rainy night in Cincinnati in 2016 against the Steelers. And, you know, one of the saddest images, Paul Daner uh, said this in his piece on The Athletic um, about A.J. Green. He said, A.J., you know what's sad is, is that if we hadn't blown the end of that game with the Vontez perfect Jeremy Hill fumble disaster that happened, there would be a statue of A.J. Green catching a football and two Steelers players running into each other underneath his legs as he trots into the end zone to win a game. There really would be. And that entire generation of players, Geno Atkins, who I believe will end up in the Hall of Fame, should end up in the Hall of Fame. A.J. Green, same situation. Carlos Dunlap is a Bengals Hall of Famer. All those guys' career would look so different had that night in January, so long ago, just played out a little different. So for me, Joey, I just need space from A.J. Green (laughs) because that entire era I just need space from to think about, to appreciate it. That's how poisonous it was for that to happen. Now, I got a lot of great memories of them tearing up your Ravens. You yeah. just signed Sandy yeah. Watkins, by the way. That just broke. Did it. Ah, that's a, a classic Ravens move right there. Classic. Sammy Watkins, baby. Mm. That's going to fix I, everything. I hope he can get open. That's going to fix everything. <laughs> when we, uh, as soon as we continue to run our one-receiver routes uh, like we did in the divisional game, now we have Sammy Watkins, so it's all going to fix itself. Yeah, he won't even be on the field. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Lucas, it's always great talking to you. We've got to take another break on the sports fan, then wrap up the program. But, uh, again, it, it's been too long. It, it's good to have you back on the airs. 
Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Um, sorry if I talk too long. That's my style. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. You laid till I get on a basketball uh, court with you, my friend. That was hey, that was the, that was a lob for me right there. I just had to put it in there. It's always, always good to have you on, Lucas. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll catch up off the air uh, pretty soon. But anyway, we got to take a short break right here in the sports fan program. Ending up in about six minutes. That was Lucas Moore from Chicago, and uh, of course, a former WATH employee doing some cool things. And of course, uh, you know, get getting married pretty soon, which is a big thing for him as well. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. This is the sports fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Are you looking for some household items? What about some jewelry? Or how about some new clothing for that newborn baby or that kid that's all grown up? Find all of this and more at the Flea Market Craft Show on March 27th at the Albany Fairgrounds from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Looking to be a vendor? Contact Howard Septic at 740-662-2603. It's the Flea Market Craft Show at the Albany Fairgrounds March 27th. Sponsored by Howard Septic Service and the Rolling Pin in association with the Albany Fair Board. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty. And I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614 614- 362-2000-362-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, pre-foreclosures, and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Give me a call for an all-cash offer at 614-362-2000. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, James. K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Program sponsored by JK Contracting. Always appreciate their support. It was good talking to Trevor Stevens, as always, and Lucas Moore joining the program for the first time in a long time. I think I had him on a couple times during the pandemic last year when it was just kind of me going solo. Mm-hmm. Um, Before I, I was uh, full-time. Right, before you got here full-time and before uh, you know, really any sports fired up. Um, really, yeah. I mean, I don't even, I couldn't tell you last time I talked to him before. Maybe, I mean, probably maybe some gridiron glory get-together before, <laughs> before he moved away, honestly, probably. Well, has he been back since? I don't think so. I think that's what he said. Uh, yeah. I don't think he has. I don't know. I mean, no. I mean, it's starting to loosen up a little bit now, but I wouldn't come back right now as an alumni. I mean, <laughs> there's not that much to do. All right, I mean... It, 
hopefully by the time next year, you know, the homecoming parade will be back up and going. Uh, brew week, right, during the summer. Maybe that's yeah. uh, maybe yeah. that's opening up. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we, we can get you know, a couple, I don't know, large crowds is the right word, but you know, kind of gather people around before, uh, you know, really we, we end this year. There's still a lot of months to go, and, and you know, vaccines been rolling out, but it would be nice to have a large gathering again. Uh, especially, you know, for our case for sports, but uh, just to do something. And I, I bet a lot of people would, would come back to Athens should anything happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, slowly but surely, like I said, more people are getting vaccinated. Uh, it's starting to become, a, I think, a little bit easier to be able to uh, go ahead and get one. I know some of my, you know, friends around campus have uh, scheduled theirs to get their vaccine and stuff like that. So it's definitely encouraging. Uh, hopefully we can get back to normal here soon. It is true. The Ravens have signed Sammy Watkins. Um, you may be wondering why I'm not thrilled because, uh, you know, the Ravens just have been known to sign uh, veteran wide receivers, we'll call them, in the latter half of their career that uh, don't really make too much of an impact. And I have a feeling this is going to be another one. So, you know, i got to get my Mets reference in there, but that's kind of the Mets mentality, too. They had Jason Bay. <laughs> Jason Bay did nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They had Luis Castillo, who had his best years with the Marlins. Uh, you know, you can go up and down, and, you know, Mets kind of had that same mentality for a while. But baseball will be back. Cincinnati Reds will have their opener right here on 970 WATH on Thursday. The Athens Bulldogs open up their regular season on Wednesday in those games uh, all the home games, plus a, a couple other games, 13, I guess, in total, uh, will be aired uh, for the Athens Bulldog baseball season. If that changes, we'll let you know. Uh, but a big thanks to Trevor Stevens calling in, as well as always good to hear from Lucas Moore. For Joe Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Seventy-first year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. W A T H FM.